Oh! Oh! <laughs> just do the intro, Joseph. Just do Was the intro. Was it that intro. bad? I mean... Uh, did, uh, uh, did we see the same movie? I, I literally feel, I'm like, itchy all over my body from how absolutely <laughs> I've been holding it in. This is, this is new level. We're breaking new ground here. Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh, do the intro. <laughs> Alright guys, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. This is the Spoiled Onions Film Review Podcast. Oh! <laughs> that is my co-host, Brandon. And I am oh. your host, Joseph. And we are here today. What are we? What did we watch today, Brandon? I wish I didn't. <laughs> we watched... <clears throat> oh, I can't even say it. Mortal Engines. <laughs> the movie based off the book. Or, I, I mean... <laughs> one can only assume it's based off the book, but I wouldn't be surprised if they took some liberties. Oh, man. Oh, man. Where do we begin? I, you know, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that there were parts of this movie that I enjoyed. No! <laughs> <laughs> no! No! This isn't even like Fant Four Stick. Fant Four Stick, there's some. I could watch that movie again. There's some redeeming qualities here and there, sure. Okay. Okay, it's not even that big of scale. This movie! <laughs> well, listen. Can I even talk? Please take 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 the lead, Joseph. I can't even speak right now. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's talk about Mortal Engines. Mortal Engines, I think, was intended by Warner Brothers to be the new Lord of the Rings, and I say that because it was in part helmed by Peter Jackson, who directed Lord of the Rings. Though I believe he was only the producer slash uh, screenwriter of this film. Oh no! Well, okay. I was okay. wondering who the screenwriter was going to be. In fairness, hold on. There were three writers, so it's it's hard to write. Let me just say this: it's hard to write a good story when a lot of people are working on it. And you would you might think, well, isn't it better that way because people can look at it from fresh views? It's like, well, maybe, but you're going to argue, you're going to disagree, and ultimately, it's going to feel like a story that's pieced together. So, frankly. I don't think this is a matter of there being too many writers in the room. Because this, this, this story, this <laughs> script, oh, come on. It's like <laughs> something I would write. Something you if would If I write? was a freshman in high school, uh. if somebody said, quick, <laughs> make it up as you go. Make it up as you go, go. <laughs> and I spent two hours writing and I said, this is what happened as I made it up as I go. It's a disaster Clearly, this is not... Do not publish this. Put it in the trash right there. We threw it in the trash, and Warner Brothers showed up and pulled it out of the trash and said, You know what? That might actually work. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. So, let's talk about the plot. We gotta, okay, well, we gotta first, go somewhere. First, oh, first? Let's, Sorry. Let's cue the trailer. Is London. Sixty minutes is all it took to bring humanity to the very brink of extinction. Mankind mobilized. A new age arose. The age of 
the great predator cities. Survival of the fastest. Okay, I think I'm we're assuming good. that was the area <laughs> where the, the trailer is cute. I was gonna wait for you to say ah. something, but yeah. Oh man. Okay, well first, man. first let's let's point out that Peter Jackson did not direct it. So, although oh. I don't think he's made anything particularly noteworthy since the Lord of the Rings, but he did not direct it. Uh, a man by the name of Christian Rivers directed it, mm. who apparently was the sto- main storyboarder for all of Peter Jackson's films, as well as a visual effects supervisor. So, I- I'm sure we're going to get into this later, but that's probably why the visuals look so great in this film. I don't think anyone's going to yeah. argue that this is not visual eye candy. But Yeah, the, the only guy I didn't like was uh, Shriek, Shrike. Really? That's the only effect that I thought those effects were terrible on Shrike, but I mean, you know, whatever. It's not a big deal. I don't know that they were poorly done as more as just the art direction was odd, but uh, I liked sure. it. Sure. So I disagree. You liked, you liked the CGI? On Strike? Strike. Yeah. I mean, I, I it wasn't what I expected, but okay. it was a you know cyborg what? dead dude. Like, what more do you want? I don't, I don't even care. Spy Kids 3D had worse graphics, yet a better story. So wow, okay. <laughs> much more, a uh, much more compelling, much more. Well, that's because it was what's his name? I forgot his name now. Robert Rodriguez, man, he's he's a, he's a decent director. Uh, Joseph, that's it, that's it. I'm good. I'm jumping in. Okay, right. I'm jumping in. We're talking about the plot. Okay, plot. Let me sum up this when plot you... to to keep it as short as possible. Sure, go ahead. And then we'll just tear it oh. apart. All right, guys. So Mortal Engines, uh, if I can sum it up all in a short phrase, it would be a movie about um, cities that are on wheels, per se. (laughs) In essence, essence, (laughs) literal cities have mobilized in a apocalyptic wasteland. Uh, Basically, to dive into more detail, uh, the world has nuked itself, from what I understand, or what what it would suggest yeah. and everyone who has survived has taken to a nomadic lifestyle where their cities basically just wander all over the landscape uh you are divided into the weaker cities and the stronger cities which are called predator cities and the main predator city in the story is london uh the beginning of the story features london attacking a smaller city and eventually devouring it um that's where our plot really picks up because in that smaller city was a girl by the name of Hester Shaw who is the main protagonist and basically in the opening intro she tries to kill the main protagonist who is the leader in London Valentine she tries to kill him she fails and basically is cast out of London into the wasteland with another man actually I don't remember the the dude oh Tom Tom uh, is a Londoner who tried to help her and was also cast out by Valentine. And the rest of the story basically follows their journey through this wasteland to... <laughs> this is where it gets a little messy. <laughs> <laughs> because we're, we're not really sure as an audience what their objective is. What is the plot? What, what is happening? Well, what is going on? One thing is leading to the other, exactly. to the other, to the other. Without really much motivation other than maybe... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you would think that 
the plot is to get back into London to kill Valentine while London keeps eating other cities. But, I mean, then there's this guy named Strike, who's this undead dude that tries to hunt him down. And then they meet what what is supposed to be the rebels of this non-Star Wars story, uh, who are basically fighting against London. Uh, And then you find out that Valentine is trying to basically assemble a nuclear weapon to destroy the main gate of the anti or the detractionist as they're known uh faction and break in and destroy them and then the undead dude tries to kill him and dies and (laughs) and then there's this big battle and and you're saying whoa you're telling this terribly this is awful like we can't even keep track he, 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 and I'm he, saying, yes, that's the point. <laughs> he, 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 he's not even going into that much detail. Because I think it's the the subtle, terrible, terrible moments, mm-hmm. things, little jitters of terrible that just makes me just go, there's no way. There's no way you could have overseen that. <laughs> not at this level of production. Well, I don't know. That's, you know what? It's kind of like makes you think, like, is it like one of those author things for where... You put the author's name on the book, but in reality, they weren't really the one who wrote it. They're kind of like the overseer editor, but they didn't write that book. Somebody Mm. else wrote that book, and they just put their thing on there. Is that what Peter Jackson did here? Is that what this is? Um, Is this really just a student film project with a lot of money behind it? Because I cannot see how they could reasonably assess any of these scenes and think, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's that's good. Somebody's going to want more of this. Plot hole, plot hole, plot holes. <sighs> stereotype, 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 and nonsense. Nonsense. I do not know where to begin. It's longer. I <laughs> My explanations would be longer than the movie. This movie sucks. <laughs> this movie's bad. Everybody listen. Well, well first of Get all. Get used to this. This is, this is my review here, folks. I think it's a bad movie. I think you should watch it. <laughs> I think everyone should at least watch it to garner their own opinion. So you can share in my suffering. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, look. Here's the thing. Let me give an example of the subtleties, right? <sighs> well, hold on. First of all, let me let me finish up the sum of the plot so the audience isn't oh, okay. totally Sorry. lost. No, you're good. Sorry. So Sorry. The, the, the meat of the movie is them tracking through this world and trying to get back to Valentine to stop his evil plan, which is basically to take London from just being a predator city to conquering all of the known world that exists. And I mean, that's the sum of it. If we, if we tried to break down the entire plot, that would be the podcast episode, if not longer. So, so my, my suggestion for you guys is to watch it so you can understand what we're going to say in more detail. Uh, but for those of you who just want to dive in, that in essence is the plot. Yeah. Yeah, tell them how it ends. Oh. Well. Yeah, tell them how it ends. The bad guy is defeated. uh, Oh, I just remembered another detail. He dies. (laughs) There is a Empire Strikes Back Darth Vader moment. (laughs) that is randomly thrust in. We'll get to that, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the world is saved. The love story is completed. The bad guy is killed. Random people die that you're supposed to feel sorry for. And the movie ends. Yeah, that's it. I am both 
laughing and crying. <laughs> I'm laughing and crying. I, I, guys, guys, listen, I'm, I'm being real now. I'm going to be real. You can't. You cannot. There had to have been a lot of things going on in the production that made them slip by or maybe they were so confident in their in the method, Hollywood method, that we were just going to look at this and think, oh, yeah, that's normal. Oh, that scene, that makes sense. Oh, that action, that that makes sense. That correlates. It, but it doesn't. It doesn't work. And maybe in the book series, that may have made sense. Maybe in the young adult book series, these things may have had a little bit more subtlety to it. Somebody can interpret the scene in their own unique way, whatever. But on film, this is just sad. Mm. It's almost scary how they could expect me to somehow go in the direction that they're wanting my mind to go. I'm like, I, I do not feel upset when you're trying to make me upset. I do not feel angry when you're trying at a character when you're trying to make me angry at that character. The person that everybody else is getting mad at, I'm like, that guy's good. <laughs> you're the guys who are messed up. What are you talking about? Oh. That's fair. Oh, man. Well, I mean, really... In fairness, I don't know that we can blame the director as much on this one because it was his first film. I almost feel as if how this went down... This is down, his first movie! This is his first film. I told you, this is one of those... I just said it. It's a it's a experimental college film with a bunch of money uh, behind it and Peter Jackson just threw his name on it so it would go into the theaters. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I can see that. Ah. That's a good point. But I think... I, I almost feel as if the director didn't care about the story because I, which is which is weird for me because he is a storyboard artist but it seemed as if mm. the emphasis was placed entirely on visuals and that the story mm. was just kind of piecemealed together which is why it, it sucks frankly yeah yeah it's just there's just so many things that come off as a cliche but not just cliche as in i've seen that before cliche in that that's how we would expect a melodramatic scene to play out in a funny comedic fashion. Right? <laughs> I did laugh. That is not, I mean, <laughs> this is not what normal people would do. This is not even what Hollywood standard of melodramatic is. It's beyond that. This is theatrics here. Yeah. People will randomly just walk away being upset from a situation walking nowhere. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> Where are you going? At the end of the film, Tom is all like, please, that's my home. And the one guy, oh, I can't, <laughs> every scene could be broken down into 20 minutes of saying how, what in the world is going on? Everybody's bipolar. <laughs> you have to go there to even convince this Asian leader to say, we need to do an attack. He's like, a preeminent attack? All as if he's offended by that. And then the Tom guy comes up and says, wait, a preeminent attack? You can't do that. That's my home. And then the Asian leader <laughs> then turns around and is like, no, we must. <laughs> And then the guy says, oh, and starts running away. The girl says, Tom, come back. <laughs> to what? To what? And then where is he going? He's just running throughout a city he's never been in. Where are you going, Tom? Where are you going? Oh <laughs> she keeps on yelling at his name. He's not stopping for whatever reason. Until she does it the third time. Then he'll listen. But only after she looked at a rock, took out a necklace, opened the necklace, and there's a flash drive. No. No. This movie stinks. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is not a fraction. It's not even a fraction of this, how bad this movie is. No. I'm sweating over your toes. <laughs> uh, oh, well, well, okay. Let, let me change directions a little bit because I want to talk about the opening sequence. I think if you okay. cut out the entire rest of the movie and just have that opening sequence as a short film, 
it's actually a pretty darn good short film. You're right. I think it. this movie actually gets exponentially worse from beginning. Because yeah. the beginning, there's like one thing in the very, very beginning that I was just like, well, that was unnecessary. Yeah. Um, What's that? That's it. When she pulled out the knife randomly, when she saw uh, the whole city, London, coming her way, she pulls out a knife oh, okay. and then stuffs the knife back into her boot before running off to her little cities. Right. I'm like... Why does she need to do that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like clearly I, I get the point that the director was trying to make. Like, look out, she has a knife, but that means zero context. You, you didn't even need to do that. Sorry, see that I'm, I'm nitpicking no, there. True. Whatever, that's just a nitpick of bad. Um, but literally all of that until the point that um, the cities are consumed without thinking about what's going on with Tom's little story of him running around. You know. Mm-hmm trying to catch up there's not really an explanation for why he's late he's just running late um <laughs> deal with it deal with it um, <laughs> it's so true though it's like why why does it matter if he's late it doesn't factor into any other part of the film i know exactly what's happening this is what i'm saying it's like this is freshman me trying to write a script out of nowhere or on the on the spot it's like Oh, create a sense of urgency to keep up the flow. We're chasing somebody. We're chasing somebody here. Oh, he's really running hurry. You can't just go from that to him walking around. So he's got to be, oh, I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. I'm it's just like, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, man. But I mean, visually oh, and narratively, I just love that segment. Like, pull, tear out the rest of the movie, release that as a short film, and it's good. Because you have a basic, mm. basic plot, you know, this city is trying to escape this other city. And it's just a cool mm-hmm. chase scene. I think it works. Yeah, yeah. In in and of itself, it's not not terrible. No, it's not terrible in and of itself in that little part. <laughs> um, I, I think it, it. You can divide this whole thing into parts of just getting worse and worse, and people progressively wanting to go home. As in the, <laughs> the cast that is, everybody's wanting to go home. <laughs> so hurry it up, finish this off, explode the base. Let's go home. <laughs> Please, I want to go home. No, don't reshoot it. I want to go yeah. home. I... <laughs> oh, man. I've been yelling a lot. Maybe you should talk a little <laughs> bit more, Joseph. I need to calm down. You know, It's, it's bad. There's nothing like, like even I'm watching the film and there's a lot of things wrong with it, but I'm actually okay with it 40 minutes through. I think when they threw in the dead guy is when I'm, I'm like, why was that necessary? You're lying to yourself, Jim. The, <laughs> There's still a million things in between there that I can sure. point out that when we actually think about sure. it, it's just like, yeah, that doesn't really make sense. And it's kind of just forced in there for, shut up. I look, I get is. that. We want to make this thing happen. Why was why was the Valentine guy even in that place down there? What are the chances that in this one moment that he would find that one cell thing, but that he would be there, that the other guys and his daughter would be there? That she would happen to run into him there. That is a good point. And be ready to stab him there, run away there. That other, the Tom guy, be willing to chase her down for some reason. And just as she's about to die, as if he was trying to stop her, he's like, no, no, don't die, kind of thing. And she's like, let go. Tell him, ask him about why he's a murderer. He murdered my mother. And then he shows up and he says, she said that you murdered her. Exactly, right. And he's like, what? I must kill you. And it's just like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is a nobody. Why do you feel like you have to kill this guy? I, uh. I know. I know. 
Well, and you know, and, and, an anecdote on that, um, one time I was in Lowe's and some dude just ran out of the store with a cart full of merchandise. And my inclination yep. was not to go chase him down. <laughs> so I'm not sure why this Tom guy is going to chase down a woman with a knife who just stabbed a guy. Well, I mean, I don't know what he was planning to do. Like, what, you're going to hug her for a few <laughs> minutes until the rest get here or something? I mean, but, I mean, even worse is, like, I don't know how he saw the knife with where he was positioned. He's like, look out, right? Mm-hmm. From across the room, away from the circle, and he's there, and he's talking, and he gets stabbed, and he's like, no, and chasing him. And even the even Hugo weaving, he's like, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. It's like, Did you see how much blood was on that knife? That went deep, that man. You're not fine. Uh, I don't know why she covers her face. She ain't even ugly. Everybody's acting like she's ugly. It's just like, uh, okay, look, the scar, I get it. It's there. She's not some ugly looking girl out of nowhere. She's not, it's not that bad. Everybody calm down. Yeah. Darn this story. Darn it. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that all makes total nonsense. But see, even, even then, there's two things that I think are wrong with this film. One is what we just talked about where stuff doesn't make sense. But then the other part is what I was talking about with the dead guy, where they're just cramming too much in it. Like, so it's not only that what they're doing doesn't make sense, it's that they're just pushing a ton of material in front of your face. Yeah, and and, and they like to, this movie, it does it like seven times. (laughs) They do exposition um, through dialogue. They'll tell their past. They'll explain backstories after a certain occurrence and it'll say something like i was seven years old i loved her at about and then flashback sequence right and then in another moment it'll be like i was eight years old my fa- my family blah blah, blah 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 the other guy will be like you're a peasant your parents were a blah 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 right and it's just like come on come on mm-hmm. ah it's just the whole movie is this way um i think the worst my honestly the scene that makes me the most upset mm-hmm is after they escape from that meat market and okay. um, Shrek is <laughs> trying to, Shrek is trying to uh, get them and all that stuff and trying to kill them all. Mm-hmm. Um, once he gets on the ship, that one Asian lady is like, I wondered how it is that you survived all this oh, time. Yes. And now I know. I'm like, how in the <laughs> world could you possibly ever, ever know by what just happened <laughs> How it is that she has survived. Uh, A a Terminator is trying to kill her based simply in the fact that she made a promise to him that she would become a robot. And now he's trying to kill her. How by any means, and that's the context, by the way. Without the context, you're seeing a Terminator try to kill this girl. And she says, now I know how you survived. It must have been the Terminator that's been trying to kill us. And what's worse is that the boy's like, you... It's like he knew. He knew somehow. He said, that that thing raised you? She's just like, huh? He's like, those things, the people who created them, put all their hatred and anger into them. And she's just like, stop. Enough. And then walks away. <laughs> angry, Angered by he that he would even suggest such things oh, <laughs> after man. trying to kill him. And then the woman, the Asian woman, turns to him and says, you are such an idiot. What? <laughs> What a terrible scene! He was not an idiot. Nothing just made sense. <laughs> well, let's put it in context. So, like that—that that would be as if I'm at Disney World, and with this other 
and I'm trying to save you for some reason, and you're running away from a dude with an axe. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> we, I save you, we're fine, and I'm like, oh, so that guy's your dad. <laughs> what? Like, why would I make that assumption? I was confused when she said that. It's all... It's already confusing enough with context. With context. I, they, we know the backstory after the fact. And even then, I'm like, this still doesn't make sense why he's going as hard as he... Why is he punching everything? <laughs> I mean, literally, all she did was... He, she was raised by this guy all her life. And, I mean, there's plot holes in that. It's like, how do you know about the world? How do you know about factions and everything when all you've ever done is hang out with this dude by the ocean side? You heard that... <laughs> London was coming by. I don't know how you know too much about that. And you thought, okay, this is my chance to kill him. My plan is, is to take this one knife, get absorbed <laughs> on this one city thing, assuming that it will get absorbed. Then, hopefully, he'll be on the lower deck in which I'll stab him in the stomach once. <laughs> no! And in that short amount of time in which she left Shrek, Shrek was like, Esta, right? And now is beating up everything. And it's just like, this doesn't... No, no. That was brilliant. It doesn't make brilliant. sense. None of this makes sense. Ah, oh, oh, this movie. Ah, oh, this is just one aspect. That's just the Shrek aspect, you know? It's... Ah. Oh. oh, I wonder what the book is like. <laughs> I, 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 I hope it's better than that. I I assume there are more details and and more. Yeah. You know, maybe there's a different order to how this story plays out, so that we're not given the exposition after the fact, because it cuts off the pacing. You need to have a little bit of a calm in order to do the exposition. Yeah. Um. But I mean, even the the flying city for where they go from there, all the ah, how did this woman even know that she was there in the meat market? She's been looking for her entire life, and all she knows about her is when she was eight years old with her mother, right? Is that if anything ever happened to her, that I would find you. Why? Shut up. Anyways, <laughs> but that she would. <laughs> she found her coincidentally at this meat market for no reason. I don't know why she was there, yeah. right? They fly all the way to the air place just to interrogate her and the boy as to, hey, your mother was supposed to give you something to stop them from doing what they're doing. What was it? Grab him! <laughs> Grab him! And then he's like, wait a minute. Do you mean the something devices? And then they slowly let him go. It's just like, oh, <laughs> shut up! This movie stinks! Oh! Oh! oh man. That's I, I don't know if I'm ever going to be more passionate like this. I don't even think I can get to this level with Star Wars. I can't <laughs> do it. This is just... Well, like you said, Star Wars uh, at least are good films. They're just not good Star Wars films. But Yeah, I think it's like disconnected from the other Star Wars movies. Sure, why not? You know what? They're fine. At least they're coherent in it of themselves, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. That they don't, they, don't, they don't have a moment where they're entering the new city saying that I'm called the angel thingy so that when I die, that I always have control over my destiny <laughs> that when people tr that even when i die that they spread my ashes in the wind so that i am free even in death shut up <laughs> none of that was necessary what in the world was that and they always do these these like four second shots every time we see this new character that I s you're assuming is supposed to be relevant and they just show their face for like five seconds in a really really Ooh, kind of thing. It's just like, no, no, they don't matter like that. Who are you? Who are you? Oh, You're nobody. Man. Shut up. Oh, this movie. 
Well, that's oh, another thing. There's just too many characters that each are supposed to have equal importance. Like the whole Valentine's daughter with that other dude. I don't even know the dude's name. Why did why did they matter? Take them out of the plot. Listen, <laughs> take Tom out of the plot and nothing changes. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, honestly. I don't even know. And he was pathetic, too. I don't... Ah! Ah! I'm getting a... I gotta stop. <laughs> I, I gotta reel it back. Well, listen. Because... Here's my... You said what your worst part was. Here's my worst part. At the end of the film, I'd frankly already predicted that Valentine was her father. Because, I mean, where else would it have gone? Yeah, But sure. that moment sure, that I... was a, supposed to emulate... It really was torn right out of Empire Strikes Back. I am your father. Yeah. And it's just, I already saw it coming. And it would have been more gratuitous to the audience just to leave it out. Like, there has already been so much information thrown in your face that, and it doesn't even matter that he's her father. it didn't matter. So what? He still died. She, She still didn't even care that much. What? Yeah, what does it mean to the plot in the end? It's just like... Now look, as he raises his eyebrows up to the top of his forehead, I'm, I'm your father, kind of thing. And she's just like, anyways, okay, it's just like, oh, so what? And us as the audience are all like, I, I already knew that. Yeah. Yeah, see, in an Empire Strikes Oh, anyways, now to kill you, I mean, so what? You're still gonna die now, thank you. This ain't Star Wars. Yeah. We're not about to say, oh, I, I can't kill him for he is my father. Or, no, a city's about to blow up. What are you expecting to happen? Valentine. Yeah. Yeah, at least in An Empire Strikes Back, it was so central to the plot. I mean, that's literally what the whole plot of the, those three movies was, in essence. Yeah. I, I, but, I don't even, yeah. They never explain his relationship with her mother, how they came to that arrangement, how she found these things, right? It's like... Yeah. It's been over a thousand years, apparently, since these things took place, right? Yeah. In fact, the Twinkie was apparently 2,118 or something like that. He's like, it's over a thousand years old, right? It's like, thousand years old? There's a couple plot you know, plot holes in the way that you guys dress, for that matter, um, if it's been a thousand years. You have such advanced technology here, but lower advanced technology here, and you're surprised by a toaster. Why is this somehow crazy, like a crazy relic? It's, it's a toaster. It's not even that advanced. Come on. You know enough about these devices. Here's, here's the thing. You know enough about these atomic devices and World War devices. Don't know how you do, but you know so much about them, yet you still cannot tell that the uh, minions, the minions are an American deity. How do you get to the conclusion? Remember at the beginning, yeah, the minions. That was so said, random. The American deities. <laughs> it was just like, well, I get it. It was a joke. It's just like, how do you somehow come to that conclusion that that minions were a deities deities in America, yet know enough about a flash drive in the necklace and this box which controls how how, how could you possibly know so much about those things and know nothing about those? Uh, in fact, they didn't even think with, when they were talking about the screen age with the iPhones and all that. It's like some question whether or not they were able to read. It's just like. <sighs> <laughs> it's so jarring, too, with that minion stuff. It's like it just takes you out of the plot. I mean, the whole movie jars you out of the plot. But yeah. I mean, yeah. that's just an example of how terrible they handled everything. I'm I'm about to pass out. <laughs> is I'm your going face red? I bet your face is red. 
I'm not red. I'm I'm actually going gray because it's like blood is not. Oh, blood is leaving your head. Brain. Oh goodness. It's like my well. I think it's. I think my body is trying to protect myself. There, it's <laughs> actually determined that the brain is a harm <laughs> to the overall system, and therefore it needs to cut off Time circulation in order to sustain itself. It knows that Brandon is suffering. It's he's hurting up there. <laughs> we gotta cut off those nerves and all that because this is not this is not healthy for him. Oh my goodness. Oh. Please, Joseph. I mean, what else? What else are we going to talk about? Acting? Uh, what acting? <laughs> <laughs> Even for Hugo Weaving, genuinely, I think this was the worst movie he did, has ever done. Probably. I mean, Even for him. Yeah. He had stereotypical expressions that he's used in the past, and they just got redundant after a while, especially that eyebrow-raising thing. Like, <laughs> oh, Mr. Oh. And it's just like, shut up. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, like and and the mayor. Ah. Oh yeah, yeah. In the beginning, he's like, "Shoot them down, take them in already, get them in." Ah, rah rah. And then at the very end, when they're talking about invading the one cities, right? He's just like, "When will your aspirations end? Look at you trying to declare war. Learn from history." It's like, dude, you are the ruler over the biggest consuming city, <laughs> you the moving city in the world. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> How did you not know this was in here? <laughs> well, listen, here's what I think the major problem is. I don't know. I'd have to read the book. But I think I think they just could not adapt the book well. I think maybe there was even disagreement over what to include. But if you read the Lord of the Rings books and then watch the movies, you'll realize how different the movies are from the books. Like, like extremely different. There's moments that are yeah. the same, but for the most part... They, and they cut a lot of stuff out. Um, and I think Peter Jackson did that, or whoever wrote the script for that, I'd have to look, to keep the movie concise, to have these uh, monumental moments separated by long pauses where you can take in the information <laughs> and rich dialogue. I mean, everything about Lord of the Rings was good. And I think a big part of that is because they were able to take the text and adapt it effectively. And it almost seems like in this film, they're just taking everything from the book and trying to pack it in the movie. And you just can't do that. Um, every every movie that's based on a book that does well, if you read the book, it's very different. And it's because you can't, you can't just word for word it on the screen. And I think this film runs out of time. And that's why, that's why you have... I mean, <laughs> I think part of it, most of it, is just bad filmmaking. But I think... A lot of it is just they didn't have enough time to tell as much as they wanted to tell. And if you were able to strip out a lot of these plot points, a lot of these beats, it'd be it'd be better. Yeah, I think you're right when it comes to the Lord of the Rings comparison. I think one thing that actually helps Lord of the Rings is that Peter Peter Jackson filmed them all the way to their extended editions, um, to the extended edition length. Yes. Being that of like three hours to, to four hours. Long. Right. That's true. And when he had what was coherent in that regard, he chose to take out parts that he thought, okay, this is additional to that of the story and a nice addition, but it doesn't need to be in the movie. We'll take out this. We'll take out that. Point. And this will be the theatrical cut. And by doing that, the scenes that are in there <clears throat> feel well paced in it of themselves. They're not trying to rush. They're trying to actually fully live out that scene. 
in the genuine way because the movie was filmed as if they could actually adapt the book to a decent extent onto the screen. Not everything, but to a decent extent onto the screen. Um, And then they cut that down for what was acceptable to the general audience. Mm -hmm. I don't think that was the case for this movie. Mm. I mean, it's a two-hour, nine-minute movie for where I think they cut it all down from the start and wanted to have these significant moments but they're for the, in order for them to be effective, you actually have to spend a decent amount of time there, and you might need to do different things than what the book did in in explanation, mm-hmm. um, kind of like with Shrek and how <laughs> he uh, how he raised her and all that and what was going on there. I think it may have been more effective if they touched on that um, earlier before these things started happening, because <clears throat> without that context. It does, the scenes don't make sense, yeah. and I don't look at it with the pity that for some reason they do. It's like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <clears throat> also, I think they were relying upon that Asian girl's hair to be eighty percent of the respect <laughs> that for. That's pretty good hair, though. I'm not gonna lie. I, I I agree. It's awesome hair, and I I want to. You know, I'm looking at it right now. It's, you want that hair? It's great hair. Yes, I do. Oh but goodness. there's no way you could go into a fight. <laughs> And have that hairdo sustained. Like, that's a miracle right there. Yes. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, you brought up pacing, and I think that's important because a lot of the, as you mentioned, exposition is because of pacing. You have to you have to tell the audience everything through dialogue because there's not enough time to have these gaps where you feel it. I think, I think almost the opposite of this film would be the new Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049. Uh, yeah. Because if you watch that film there's almost there's very little dialogue um there's very little action and almost the whole film is just a slow boil of emotions and Mm. it's a very interesting film it's an acquired taste because it can be very easily boring but it really 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 sticks with you in the end because the emotions sell and i think yeah not i mean even lord of the rings is a good comparison that we've been using you have the whole intro of the first movie is the party. Uh, and then F- Gandalf explains things to Frodo. And that's we kind of take Frodo's role in understanding this world and how it works. Because Frodo, Frodo's a Shire kid. He doesn't know what's going on. And then you have kind of this gap where they go to Bree and it slows down. And then they meet Aragon and it speeds back up again with Weathertop. And then they have a slower down point at the council. And then it speeds back up when they get into the mine. And... and this film doesn't do that, and um, the pa- just the pacing is entirely off, and I think that's a- along with all of the other things we've talked about. That's one of the fatal blows to this film that there's just not enough time to actually feel emotions, and and you know the strength of a film is not you don't remember what happens or what the characters say as much. You remember how the film made you feel. And if you walk away from a film not having felt anything, that's a flaw. So, yeah, yeah. Honestly, what was what started at the beginning of this review of uh, of anger huh. has now become a, a depression. Dang. It's a. Uh, it was. I mean, this is this is how bad this movie is, folks. Honestly, maybe you know that's a, that you, you made a good point there, Joseph. The movie needs to leave you in a very emotional state or or leave you with something emotionally, something you can walk away with. Maybe maybe we're looking at this wrong. Maybe maybe this movie is actually genius in the sense. Hear me out. Okay. 
in the sense for where they are purposefully making it so frustrating, purposefully from the very start, mixing your emotions that when you leave the theater, that you genuinely are looking side to side in your car saying, is this real? (laughs) Did I actually just witness that? That was such an absolutely high budget garbage. (laughs) Fascinating. Fascinating for me to be so emotionally compromised (laughs) due to what I just saw visually and heard audibly that a, a movie like this could stir my emotions so easily. Perhaps, just maybe, that was the goal of this movie, was to leave me so impacted by its terribleness that it will forever be ingrained in my mind, so much so that years after the fact, I would do a review with that of my friend. Oh, that was good. I was, uh, yeah, I mean, the audience is moved, I'm sure I was moved. I, I Moved out of my seat to the bathroom! <laughs> Listen, I I don't think that was their intention. (laughs) I don't think they tried to make a terrible film. No one tries to make, unless you're like making Birdemic or something. No one tries to make a terrible film. So take this from me. I need this. I need this. This clarity. Uh, Is that the word? Clarity. I I need this. It's uh, a mess of a movie. So yeah. I need this. um, Closure. I'm gonna go with clear closure. I need this closure. I probably maxed out there on my mic. <laughs> uh, I think the whole 20-minute right. intro was just clipping. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> poor audience. You're going to have to mute me down this whole way. Okay, well, oh, fine. Let's talk about genuinely... You mentioned a little bit at the beginning. Any. Any redeeming scenes, ideas, qualities <laughs> from this movie. Yeah, I mean, I, the visuals definitely. Um, I mean, I, I don't think, I think as far as technical achievement, the film is basically flawless. I mean, there's so much being thrown at you, it's hard to pay attention to everything. But I think I think mm. they spent a lot of money on visual effects. And it looks cool. And I like it. I like the artistic mm. direction of the film. Uh, as far as the cities and landscapes and i mean i even like the dead dude i mean it's a it's kind of hit and miss with him i get it but Mm. um so yeah i think i think the visual effects help redeem it but only only to an extent it only helped me throughout the first like 40 minutes and then i just got tired because there's only so much that can be thrown at you and say ah look at this it's almost like one of those disaster movies where just the whole movie is stuff being destroyed and it's cool yeah. up to a certain point. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? A- any other redeeming <laughs> other redeeming things? Uh, <laughs> I really liked the strike narrative. I, l- let me put it this way. This is how I would remake this movie. The movie opens with Hester and Strike uh, existing in their, in his, I don't know. Strike raising Hester. I don't want to say living together because it has different connotations, but strike raising Hester. And that's mm-hmm. probably the first half of the film. And that's where the world building takes place. That's where she's asking questions and he's explaining things. That's where you really sell this relationship of the two coming together. 
and then slowly you're introduced into the idea of uh, predator cities and non-predator cities. And I would even take out the whole nuclear stupidity because that just messes it up. Just keep it simple. Yeah. Predator cities and prey cities. And she is living with Strike in a prey city. Strike raised her. I mean, you could even have flashbacks if they're done well. And then I think the midpoint climax would be London suddenly comes, the city she's heard about, and their settlement is in danger. They try to fight back. Uh, and somehow in that ordeal, Strike gets killed. And I don't even know if I'd mention her mother. I just say, I, would, I think that alone would be impetus for her to try to kill Valentine. And then the last half of the movie would be her trying to destroy the bad predator city of London. I think, I think stripped down to its basics, that would make a better movie than And you know what? what? Given. It would be a double meaning to the title, Mortal Engines, you know? Mm-hmm. Because like that of the adoptive father... There are more than one type of mortal engine. Sure. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't know if you were okay, if that well, was comedic or serious. So I didn't want to just laugh because I felt. I like... feel like I bet I bet that in the books it probably does imply that kind of uh, double meaning in there. Um, Maybe because I re- there are sequels in the books and all that, sure. and I hear that one of them actually does focus on those those whatever that guy is, whatever Shrek is, Shrek. Um, ogres um but (laughs) yeah yeah i think the only redeeming things i think i conceptually when i saw the trailers and all that i thought this was going to be awesome Mm -hmm. i thought it was going to be like a house moving castle styled a world for where you have regular little villages and then you have these crazy steampunked out giant moving cities mm-hmm. right and they're and they eat other cities and other cities fight these cities like ships on land right mm-hmm. um and it just be an all-out you know uh, a conflict between those cities like that right mm-hmm. and that there's a whole world based in that idea now apparently that is supposed to be the idea but that's not the plot that's not what the plot of this story is mm-hmm. they went star wars with it and they decide they went star wars in a bunch of different ways but sure. they went star wars with it and there are land cities, huge countries, if you will, of people living on land, flourishing and all. These moving cities are moving around because they're stupid. And, <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess they think it's more valuable to do that. I don't know how it would be. Like, imagine the amount of energy you could create if you were just a stabilized city and you use that power just as electric storage. Could you imagine mm-hmm. what would be possible? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ahead of myself, but... I feel like if you just focused in on that, even if it was just stupid fun, it would have been made more sense in and of its genre, and you'd probably have ended up with a sequel. But with what we got, I literally have nothing to look forward to. I have no, I have no desire to see where it goes from here because it's just like, what is this world? This world stinks. Everything's falling apart, by the way. Everything blew up. Um, yeah, everywhere exactly. Everywhere these people yeah. went. It's like... Well, that's the it weird thing. It feels pretty limited in that sense. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. But oh, go ahead. That's the weird thing. A lot of movies fail in their storytelling because they're trying to set up larger worlds, like Amazing Spider-Man 2 or uh, The Mummy was trying to set up the Dark Universe. But I don't even feel as if this movie wanted a sequel. You know? It feels like a complete package. So why did they yeah, feel the yes. need... As a studio, a studio always wants to make money. 
So why would you shove so much into one movie when you could space it out into three movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It makes no sense. Um, Like I said, you need to go with my theory for where I said that I that they're purposefully trying to hurt us. <laughs> they want to punish us. <laughs> We're not buying more of their tickets to the good movies or the regular movies. And we need to the stop complaining movies. about them or else we're going to get more mortal engines. They're holding good quality movies on hostage. <laughs> well, listen, um, I said how I would remake it. So how would you do it? I, I think I kind of explained a little bit. I think really would be a good idea is have that same opening scenario. Okay. And now she's stuck in that city for a second. She escapes from, let's say, the police and jumps off. And then there's another city that is attacking or something like that. Maybe maybe two-thirds the size of, of London, right? Mm-hmm. She gets on there. Maybe the London guy gets on there, right? And then they, they that city gets away, and they run into a whole plethora of cities that are together, right? And they're wanting to war against London. Well, London has its connections, and they war against each other. It's kind of simple of a story in and of itself. You can have add your little plot lines and your little ogre Shreks or whatever in there, but point is is that I think this idea of the conflict being big laser gun completely eliminates the whole you know world itself mm. and what makes it unique because frankly if the city wasn't moving all you have to do is make it a moving laser mm-hmm. there's nothing unique about that moving city now that it's just a giant laser on it well okay great that's the death star too <laughs> i mean but the death star is not a planet or anything like that you know it's just like yeah. <sighs> i feel like they took away what would make this story so unique in the first place and what made it cool there's nothing unique about a floating city in the air. There's nothing unique about the Asians living with a big old wall. That That's happening right now. <laughs> What's unique is a giant city that's running on wheels. And it's like, this doesn't make sense, but this is fiction. We can play with it and go ahead, play with it. Not jump away from all of it and start going in this tiny little scorpion-looking machines on the ground. And yee-hee, isn't this fun? It's like, no. No, it's not fun. Get back to the giant machines. Get back to the giant wheels. Awesome. Crash them. Crash them together. <laughs> Crash it into the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then to live another day because this world is vast and there's many moving cities. And, you know, so I think kind of like pirates in that sense. It's just like you you have these cities embody like pirate ships. And obviously they break and they can be repaired or this or that. Right. Or can join together for all we know. Transformers style. Mm. Um, Interesting, but but to you know like like a giant giant Omega version of um, fighting bots, but <laughs> to for this story to have gone where it did, it actually kept on getting more narrow. The world got smaller yeah. the more the plot continued because I was just like nobody cares about, or frankly for me, the fact that there are flying cities makes me think what in the world is the threat of the moving cities on the ground. <laughs> Literally, we could all just go to the sky right now and they'll never be able to do anything ever again. Their fuel will go away. And the only way you can get more fuel is to get more garbage for it, which means they have to abandon the city to get garbage. This was a bad idea. (laughs) That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Ah, man. It's crazy how many similarities there are to Star Wars. Even the the flying city and all that. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. It's uh, it's a little odd. I, I better look at this book and see, like... Is this just copying Star Wars? What's going on here? Giant lasers. I wonder if that's even in it. I wonder. It may not even know, be in man. it for all we know. Maybe they, yeah, maybe that's the thing. Maybe they did change it too much. Who knows? 
Was Minions in the book? Not really. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Definitely not. Well, listen. Definitely. I think it to look at this movie in light of other young adult fiction, like I, The Hunger Games. I think The Hunger Games was done well up to a point. But what I like yeah. about the first movie, which I think is the best, I know you disagree, but um, I think it's which one? The first Hunger Games film. Oh well, that's no, that's a really good one. I I like it too. Right. Well, I think it's the best one. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> we, okay, we can fine. argue that's that fine. out later. But um, it's just so self-contained, and it's such a simple plot. You know, um, girl goes to fight in an arena. That like that's literally it. She gets she gets chosen. Well, she doesn't really get chosen. She volunteers for this fight, and she has to survive. And that's it. Everything else help. Everything else in that movie pushes that main storyline forward. So nothing feels extra. Mm-hmm. Nothing feels like the strike uh, storyline in this film did. Nothing feels like garnish that's not necessary. And mm-hmm. I think I think that's just a much more effective design. They didn't. Uh, I don't remember. I think that was Lionsgate, the studio. Lionsgate wanted four movies or five movies or however many they made. So they didn't. They didn't shove the whole revolution thing into the first movie. They teased it, but very, mm-hmm. very, very subtly. The first Hunger Games movies by itself is a complete package that doesn't need any of the other films. Yeah. This movie w- could have been... It's just... I don't... What were they thinking? I don't know. Ah! <laughs> it's like, we're back to the beginning because all they needed to do was tell one simple storyline. I mean, that's all the mm-hmm. first Star Wars movie is too. Luke saves the princess, destroys the Death Star. That's it. Everything else pushes that forward. And this movie, you can't sum it up like that. Because you could say, well, the girl is trying to get revenge on Valentine. I guess that that would be it. The girl is trying to get revenge on Valentine for her mother's death. So everything should push that forward. And the laser thing just totally messes that up. And it's almost as if there's just a sense of uh, hubris to whoever designed the story. That they just they they were too nearsighted to see what, what the issue was. I don't know. And it's also like um, they it's like they put down the biggest plot points they wanted and then they filled it in from there. And sadly, where they couldn't make sense of something happening, they already made that an aspect of the story. So they'll just let it happen. Yeah. Like Hugo Weaving's character for where he sees the box and the mother who apparently loves this man, had a kid with this man, um, shares all her stuff with this man immediately. uh thinks that he would have ill intent and take that device and end up destroying the world with it or something right it's just like well hold on a second lady if he's this sinister of a person then how is he why is he so involved in your life in the first place but moreover was he just there when you just got this thing did he do it with you this box whatever well either way when she took it away he's like what are you doing what are you doing and then pulls out a knife yeah Pulls out a knife. He really likes killing people. That's for sure. She hit him and all that, but he like pulls out a knife as if it's just like, dude, is there not any more of a strategic way of getting this box out of her hand? You really have to go sinister about it. Like, think about what we're doing here. But the the movie requires it, so he pulls out a knife, stabs her, and and it wasn't even like an accident. He just says, "Give me it." (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and just like what? What? Um, and the daughter runs by and he's just like, there's somebody on my back. 
Ah, oh, does a spin, and it's just like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you wrote down that the mother has to die by his hand, and that she gets the scar by his hand, and this is where you got the device, and you just threw it all together in one foul swoop. But it doesn't make sense with what you would expect from humanity. Like this, everybody has an IQ of five in this movie, but they really, really know how to walk around and and look smart yeah, okay. without actually being it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I think I'm beating this dead horse. This I've beat this dead horse so much, the horse is cut in half at this point. I'm hitting the dirt. <laughs> Man. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't have the energy. That's it. Let's end. You yeah, know what? I don't know if there's much more to say. We're gonna end this. I'm sorry, everybody. You, if you wondered what it was like, what it would be like for us to not like a movie. For especially me to really not like a movie. Now you know. It's an hour of me going crazy. <laughs> and Joseph saying, Brandon, are you okay? And me saying, get off me. Don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> and then running away as he says, Brandon, come back. <laughs> and then I go have a chat and everything gets better. <laughs> That's, yeah. Ah. That reminds me ah. of uh, The Flash Season 3. <laughs> why something happened in the oh yeah i mean it's the same thing every episode someone gets mad they walk into a different room someone else follows them they have a little chat <sighs> everything say, gets uh, better yeah. uh, move on yeah dumb dumb, dumb. Yeah, <laughs> i liked at the very end um before they went on flight mm-hmm. um was it tom's character or something he had to run back and look at the leather jackets or something which I guess they just had hanging out on a coat rack for anybody to just pick. Like, hey guys, hey flyers, we got a bunch of leather jackets out here. And he's like, I gotta get a leather jacket for flying to get over my suit coat. <laughs> this movie stinks. This movie stinks. It's written by a freshman in high school who had two hours to write it. So he made it up as he goes, went, and he was just like, dude, that's that's the story. I, I, you're not giving me more time. I need more time. They said, shut up. And this was all an experiment. Yeah. Yeah, Joseph, what would you what rating would you give this movie? Um, out of out of zero out of ten. Zero out of ten. <laughs> no, not me. I'm saying from zero to ten. What would you give? No, I know, I know. Um, man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I see the potential I know in exactly it. Exactly what I'm gonna put. Give it. I know exactly. You're gonna what do I'm a gonna zero. You're. Gonna... <laughs> Go ahead and say yours first. Uh, I, I see. For me, I see the potential in the film. I like the visuals, so I can't. I can't give it a crazy low score. I think I'm gonna go with a twenty nine. Twenty nine out of hundred. I think I'm gonna go with a twenty nine. Okay. I said out of ten, but that's okay. Good, oh, oh, well, a three out of like, twenty nine out of ten. Whoa. Okay, three out of ten or twenty nine out of a hundred. <sighs> Two point nine, whatever. Man. See, you're. Your mercy is making me have to double. Think no, 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 no! You gotta say what was on your brain. I was, I'm one out of ten. One out okay. of ten. This movie is failure upon failure upon failure. It is a disgrace against my country, and it didn't even mention my country except for once. It, it did say USA on the US the USB. But the, but that was like that was not that was part of Medusa, which is terrible. Which is a terrible. Anyway, that yeah, one angered me I, a little I, bit. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. But it was a disgrace against Europe, um, America, China. It was a disgrace against my dog and my cow that I will one day own. It was a disgrace against Peter Jackson. 
And whatever the company was that made this movie, a disgrace for the actors. I don't even think they've had work since then. Not much. That's a good point. What a, dis- a disgrace against Hollywood, a disgrace for my kids, um, and a disgrace against literature, and a disgrace against fiction. They should be ashamed of myself. My disappointment is immeasurable, and my day is ruined. But it's not a zero. It's not. Nothing can be a zero. <laughs> Everything has something. I mean, maybe one day. Maybe one day there will be something. Can you imagine? If that's what a one is, imagine the day when we hit zero. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know what that would be. Like, what can have absolutely no merit, no justification? It's just complete trash yes. that should never have been produced. <laughs> I can't think of anything. Because even the really, really bad ones actually are redeemable from the comedic aspects. Sure. Like The Room. Exactly. I probably give a higher score than this movie, as messed up as that is. Um, <laughs> just because it's so bad, there, it makes it enjoyable. Yeah. Um, but this one's so bad, it just keeps on making me roll my eyes until I get a headache. Oh. Guys, that's the Spoiled Onion show. This, this is a Spoiled Onion review. This movie is bad. It's rotten. <laughs> whoa, whoa, it's, we can't, it's, we can't it's legally spoiled. use that word. It's, it's spoiled. It's, sorry, it's not rotten. It's spoiled. There sorry. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Whew, we'll have to cut that part out. <laughs> oh man, yeah, 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 yeah. Joseph, just make sure to cut that out so that the people listening won't hear it. All right, all right. Wait, uh, uh, get back to normal like we didn't say anything. Three, three two, uh, one. Uh, yeah, uh, Joseph, this is a bad film. <laughs> yeah, that was that was. Yeah, we're normally discussing this film now. <laughs> bad, bad movie. Any other closing statements, Joseph? Um, well, I mean, other than taking us out and saying thank you guys for listening. We appreciate your support and just for you tuning in every week. If you would like, please give us a like on whatever medium you are watching this on. If you're on YouTube, please feel free to comment on why you think this film is redeemable, why you think it's horrible, why you think it's, I don't know. What else would they think, Brandon? Why you might ha- be one of the people in the production team who are actively seeking years after its production, uh, trying to justify what's been in this movie and how this is actually a really deep film. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead and uh, continue to lie to yourself. Um, I understand. I understand your pain. Um, Peter Jackson, if you're listening, um, you should feel ashamed of yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, he, he, oh, didn't, he fell a long way since Lord of the Rings, but... I don't know what to say. But yeah, guys. Pride cometh before the fall. Yeah, well, that's true. Ultimate power corrupts ultimately. Anyways. All right. Well, anyway, and if you're on iTunes, five-star review would be great. Also, also, last thing, feel free to give us a comment on what movies you would like to see reviewed. That way we can uh, review them. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's all the time that we have for today. Yeah, thank you guys for listening to me uh, rant. And and listening to Joseph listen to me rant. <laughs> Tune in next time on the Spoiled Onions Show. Bye. <laughs>